GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am Hovercraft Joe, joined as always by LPJ. Hello, Hovercraft Joe. It's good oh, to I- hear. <laughs> I, I did better this time, didn't I? Yeah, no, it was better. Uh, I gotta get better at those intros. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we are not alone, as is generally the case. Uh, we are joined returning guests, uh, first time back in a long time. Another one that this kind of recording from home has allowed us to have on, my brother Jason. Jason, welcome back to the Last Session Podcast. Thanks, it's good to be back. Uh, and then... We might have teased it at the end of last episode. Also joining us for this episode, fan favorite? Question mark. Jody. Hello, hovercraft Joe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's 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 rude. And I just called you a fan favorite. Um, no, you said fan favorite with a question mark. No, that's true. I did. Um, <laughs> so. We are all here today to talk about, um, and this is kind of an interesting one because when we asked my uh, brother to be back on the podcast, we were kind of going back and forth about a movie. This is one that he had suggested initially, but we didn't do. And then we were kind of like, it was one of those, is this an action movie kind of debates? And yeah, maybe this one, a lot of people will be like, yeah, it's not straightforward, but I feel like we should say we're doing the Goonies, okay? I feel like that this movie... It's not a straight-up action movie, but what would you classify it as? It's an adventure movie, and adventure is like a subgenre of action as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's basically like an Indiana Jones movie, and I would consider it Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones has a stunt spectacular at Disney. <laughs> uh, it's an action movie. This, this is, it, sure, it's a subgenre, but this is an action movie. You know, last time I was on, uh, I did Aliens, and I think if you look at the uh, action to total runtime ratio for Goonies versus Aliens, this is probably much more of an action movie than Goonies or action yeah. than Aliens was. Yeah, I mean, this movie starts off with a freaking prison break and a car chase. Like, you don't get much more action movie than that. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, action. Uh, okay. So wh- why did, why did you pick this movie, Jay? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see a lot of action movies and I feel like all the action movies I've done, you guys have seen. And this is a, a movie that I've always loved from, uh, back from my childhood. And so I was excited to get the chance to talk about it with you guys. Okay. Fair enough. Um, LPJ, what do, what do you have like about this movie? What are your, like, kind of your first memories uh, of this? Um, it's weird. Cause I, I've. I don't know that I've ever sat and watched this movie front to back. Really? I know what? Yeah. Hold on. I've always seen bits and pieces of it. Like I, I, I know I, I've seen the entire movie um, a couple times, but I've never just sat and watched it. This is really the first time because I would usually catch it on TV and I would pick it up at like, you know, very close to the beginning 
but not right at the beginning, or I'd watch it from the beginning and like have to go do something and not catch the end of it. But I've never sat and just watched it end to end. It's really interesting because I always thought of this as like one of the canon of like childhood 1980s movies like this and Star Wars and Princess Bride maybe were the two that you had uh, seen. Uh, yeah, well, you're right. I mean, it is definitely a um, kind of an 80s touchstone film, but for whatever reason, we never really, it, it never resonated in our house. Like, mm. it was never one of those ones that we watched. I was much more into watching, like, Beverly Hills Cop or, you know, <laughs> stuff with stuff with guns and boobs. That's pretty much what I watched. Well, and I do think it's interesting because I think there are, like, certain movies, like, you're right, it is a touchstone 80s movie, but I think there's different touchstone 80s movies for different people. Like, some people, like, along the same vein is like, Ah, I was really into the never-ending story like that or like I was really into gremlins, you know, like so there's like I but but I kind of agree with you it's a little bit where it's like I kind of thought this was the movie that like just everyone of a certain generation had seen yeah, and, yeah. and like was familiar with like like I tried to describe it to somebody someone that I work with who's much younger than me and I was like yeah I was like think about how much you love Space Jam <laughs> and that's how I feel about the Goonies. Because, you know, I mean, and, and I can't really, like, my memories of it are, like, I, I can't tell you the first time I saw it, but I just remember seeing it a bunch. And just, I, I've, you know, like, I've just seen it a ton, but I can't pinpoint that first viewing of it. But I feel like we've always had it, you know, on VHS or DVD or whatever. So, um, but what about, no, this is interesting, because, like I said, Jody, um, you this is your first time viewing it, correct? I saw it Monday. Was the first time I thought. <laughs> That's I've wild. Seen it bits and pieces, like I've heard of it. I knew what it was, and like I've heard like some iconic things from it and seen that, but I've never seen more than like ten minutes of it until Monday. Okay. So this is your first full viewing of the Goonies. That's that's wild to me. That like it being you know that we're all roughly the same age that you have never seen the whole thing before. That's wild. Those yeah. movies that Jason listed, I didn't see Star Wars until they re-released it in the theaters <laughs> when we were in high school. I don't think I've ever seen all of The Princess Bride either. Jeez, what's wrong with you, Jody? <laughs> My parents didn't uh, watch a lot of movies with us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I, I think it's exciting. We've got two like Goonies vets and two uh, relative uh, newbies here to talk about yeah. it. Well, it, I mean... A- I wouldn't call me a newbie. Like, like I said, I've seen it. Like listen, I know he, the movie. Listen, he's written a lot of Goonies fan fiction. He, has. he just doesn't, a he lot just of, doesn't remember the movie that well. It's a lot, a lot of mouth and a lot of uh, Senorita. What's her name? Uh, uh, Rosalita. 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 There's a lot of mouth in Rosalita. Yeah, it's real weird. Whoa, real whoa. weird. Just to clarify, are you writing mouth and Rosalita slash fan fiction? Well, yeah, I thought that was implied. Is, is there any other kind? Isn't all fan fiction slash fan? No, fiction? no, it's not. But that's 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 neither here nor there. Yeah. And then let's, like let's, and then like like Mikey and the mom. It gets real weird. All right, and I'm, I'm sure that statue is involved. <laughs> but let's let's move forward. Uh, so release release date on the Goonies, June seventh, nineteen eighty five. Uh, Budget on this, 
19 million dollars domestic gross 61 million dollars worldwide 124 million dollars so big success oh yeah for 85 that's a huge success oh yeah 100 percent um so uh rotten tomatoes on this 75 percent and uh this is makes perfect sense to me audience score 91 percent. so that seems to be um in line with how i would think this movie would be rated on rotten tomatoes um and when we get into the top grossing movies of 1985 uh number one back to the future number two rambo first blood part two uh and number three rocky four um wow two stallone movies yeah right uh, this Rocky movie, Four. Now that's a movie I've seen a lot growing up. Yeah, <laughs> that was my movie. Yep, I agree uh, with you. This movie came in ninth in the box office for the year. We have done two other movies in 1985. Both movies or episodes that I love for different reasons. Number 25 is Commando, and number 50 is Invasion USA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie. Um, so, uh, what do we, what do we want to get into next? Do we want to do taglines? We want to do the cast? Yeah, let's, we do, go let's do taglines. Taglines. Okay. Taglines for this one are pretty interesting, guys. Uh, first one. They call themselves the Goonies, the Secret Caves, the Old Lighthouse, the Lost Map, the Treacherous Traps, the Hidden Treasure. Join the adventure. That's the first one. That's a that's a long tagline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I fell asleep in the middle of that. All these, I'm going to warn you. All these are pretty long. Next one: the pirates' map, the villainous crooks, the underground caverns, the booby traps, the skeletons, the monster, the lost treasure, and the magic that is the Goonies. Again, long kind of describes <laughs> most things that happen in the movie. Um. Next one. It's excitement all the way as Steven Spielberg and Richard Richard Donner, the makers of Indiana Jones, Gremlins, and Superman, combine forces to create the family adventure of the year. Which is like, that's another super wordy one. So, but they're not wrong. No, everything in those are accurate. (laughs) (laughs) So those those are all of them. I thought that I had a lot more, but then I realized it's just because they're all like a paragraph long. (laughs) So, yeah, those are the taglines for this. Uh, let's next, let's go through the cast. Um, big cast on this. Um, first, we have Sean Astin. Well, do we have to do cast uh, or do we want to talk about Steven Spielberg and all that? Uh, we can talk about, we can, we can do that. We can talk about the pedigree of this film. Yeah, because it's really, it's really something very interesting to me. Um, specifically, like, the whole... Chris Columbus, Steven Spielberg, Richard Donner aspect of it, because Chris Columbus hadn't really done a whole lot other than gremlins prior to this. Um, Mm -hmm. And then obviously you have Richard Donner and Steven Spielberg, Spielberg coming up with the story, Chris Columbus writing it, Richard Donner directing it. Like the, the confluence of these three getting together. uh, How does that happen? You know, like, like (laughs) you don't see something like that happen now. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm curious. I didn't find the answer, but I don't know why Steven Spielberg didn't direct it himself. From what I understand, there was a little bit of tension on the set because he kept trying to like override Donner's decisions, and he was like down on the uh, on the set all the time, giving advice and making decisions and stuff. And 
Donner was a little bit miffed about that from what I read. Yeah, well, yeah and I, I, I read some stuff that said that like Spielberg definitely directed some stuff on this movie. Like he, there's some sequences and stuff that he definitely directed. So yeah, I read that as well. Um, yeah, and and it, I I find it strange that they would pick Richard Donner to direct this because at that time he had done Superman, but you know he wasn't exactly known for working with kids or anything. Um, whereas Spielberg kind of was. So like not having yeah. Spielberg direct this was very, it's, it's very surprising. Very as well. strange. It is. Yeah. It is a little confusing. Like when you think about it that way, I mean, I would say that it's like, Oh, maybe it was like early in Spielberg's career, but I mean, it's like, nope. it was early in his career. I mean, ish, but I mean, he had done jaws two of the Indiana Jones movies, e. close encounters, ET. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it is. I wonder what that story is as to why he just didn't direct this movie. Yeah, and what was he doing in the meantime? Like, why? What? What else? What was coming out in the middle '80s that he directed? Yeah, I don't know. What did he do after this? Because because he didn't do because Last Crusade or uh, yeah, Last Crusade wasn't until like '89. Yeah, was and he doing Temple the color? Of Doom, P- Temple of Doom was '84, so yeah. it was before this. So color of purple, maybe, or like Empire of the Sun or something. Like maybe. I don't know, like. It's but like, he was on very, set every day for this. Yeah, it is yeah. very interesting that he just didn't direct it. <laughs> um, I wonder, yeah, I, I mean, wonder if it, how, how the movie would have been different had he directed it. I mean, it sounds like he did direct some of it, but it would be a complete control if it would have been a significantly different movie. I don't know. This felt very Spielbergian in general. Like, granted, mm-hmm. yeah. it's his story, but just the way this is kind of laid out, it, I mean, this feels like a Spielberg movie. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I don't uh, know yeah, if it would have turned out that much different. Yeah. But but yeah, so like the pedigree on this movie is amazing. It's kind of what it boils down to. I mean, oh, when yeah. you talk about the writer, the director, the fact that the, the stories by Steven Spielberg, he's involved. You got a bunch of powerhouse producers, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Donner, Spielberg, Frank Marshall, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Yep. Um, Whoa, Kathleen Kennedy, they're like the Star Wars lady now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Kathleen Kennedy was married to Frank Marshall, and then... Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Frank Frank Marshall, pop quiz. I don't have the, I don't <laughs> have the sound, I'm sorry. Uh, pop, pop quiz, hot shot. Hot shot. Um, uh, so, maybe this is common knowledge, but Frank Marshall played a role in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Do you know what it is? Was he the, was he the pilot, Benny? <laughs> yeah, he was, was the he pilot. Was he really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. I, I, just, I, just, I didn't really know that, but I, I just took an educated guess. I'm really disappointed that you don't have the uh, pop quiz sound because I have a lot of things that I wanted to do pop quizzes on. Oh, you, well, you, you can still do them. You can oh, still do them. Yeah, you uh, can totally yeah. still do them. I just don't have the sound because it's it's difficult in this current age. Under, era. Understandable. Yeah, yeah but like most things are. Feel free to just say pop quiz hot shot though. All right. Or like point to Jody and he'll say it for you. All right. <laughs> Although, I guess, based on the configuration, I don't know how we'll know that you're pointing to Jody and not any of us. <laughs> yeah. There's no real way, good way to do Using his middle finger. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let's talk about the cast. How about that? No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we got Sean Astin uh, as Mikey. Uh, it's funny because like all these people now, most of them you're gonna be like, oh yeah, I recognize them. But it, like back then, it was like, wait, who? Yeah. Um, uh, Josh Brolin in as, his act in his acting debut. Yeah, as uh, Brand. 
uh, Jeff Cohen as Chunk, uh, Corey Feldman as Mouth, Carrie Green as Andy, Martha Plimpton as Steph, I'm probably going to butcher this, Kay Huai Kwan as Data. That's pretty good. All right, thank you. Uh, John Matsuzik. Matsuzik? Matsuzik? Matuzik. As Sloth. Um, Robert Davi as Jake, who me and LBJ will tell you played the villain in uh, License to Kill. Kill. Yep. Yeah. A movie that me and LBJ uh, differ very greatly on, as when we did our Bond specials, it was on my top five favorite, and it was in LBJ's top least favorite. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it again, but... (laughs) Richard Davi was uh, is apparently a classically trained opera singer. Robert Davi, yeah, whatever his name is, yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he got to show off his skills quite a bit. In the movie he actually he singing. He has like a like a Sinatra esque band, and he yeah, releases all yeah. kinds of albums. Like he's got yeah. a ton of different albums. Huh. Um, and then we also have uh, Joey Pants. Joey Pants as uh, Francis. Uh, and Ramsey as Mama Fratelli. Uh, and that's, I think, kind of the well, major ones. Well, you, well, but then you start getting to the real gems when you dig deeper into this cast here. Okay. Um, Mrs. Walsh, Mikey and Brand's mom, played by Mary Ellen Trainer. She was in uh, Die Hard and Lethal Weapons 1, 2, and 4. And she was the mom on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. <laughs> oh, was she? Uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, yeah. she was? Yeah. And oh. then. This one really blew my mind. Uh, Keith Walker played Mr. Walsh, Brandon and Mikey's dad. He went on to write the script for Free Willy. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is a wild fact. Steve Anton played Troy. He wrote and directed the movie Burlesque. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are blowing uh, our minds here. Yeah, the best is the best is coming up here. I got well. I'll do this one first. Uh, Nick McLean. He has a bit role. He's Mouse's father. He's like the plumber at yep. the beginning of the movie. He was also the cinematographer for this movie, and he was the cinematographer in Staying Alive, Short Circuit, Spaceballs, and Mac and Me. Oh, Mac and Me too. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, and then here's love the, Mac and Me. Here's here's, here's the last one. Uh, you know, I don't, not to get into the plot, but you know when they're banging on the pipes and they yeah. show the shower in the country club. There's three guys in the shower. One of them has an eye patch. Yeah, name, I thought that was so weird. His name is Newt Arnold. What is his claim to fame? He poked eye his eye out with <laughs> a. It was a terrible fireworks accident. Accident. It He's was not, what? so so close. He directed Bloodsport. <laughs> and he was the assistant director on over 60 films, including Godfather 2, Last Action Hero, Ladybugs, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Invasion USA, and The Jerk. Wow. See, you're telling me all this? Okay. The guy in Goonies in the shower, the old man with the eye patch, directed Bloodsport? Yes, my mind is just as blown as yours. <laughs> How did you hold on? Hold on. How did you dig this stuff up, number one? Number two, no, the, the refer to number one. I spent a lot of time on IMDb with the, the bottom half of this cast. Wow, that is. 
bananas. I, I think you remember when my brother was on for Aliens. Remember the stack of notes that he had when he came in for? We are 20 minutes in, and we haven't even touched the plot yet. <laughs> All right. We have to talk about music, too. That's true. Oh, oh well, well, can I do one more? Uh, yeah. Paul Turpe played the sheriff, you know, when Chunk calls and tells him yeah. to come and doesn't believe him. That guy was in all four Lethal Weapon movies playing a different character each movie. Oh, how about that? There we go. Yeah. There, okay. All right, I'm done. All right, so before we get into the music, let's let's run through the networks. And we're going to do these fast. I'm not going to call out your name. I'm just going to say the person's name. Each of you give me a guess. We're going to buzz through them because I got a bunch of them. Let's start with Ki Hai Kwan. What do you think? Five. Three. One. Yep, one million. Guys. Uh, what about uh, Richard Dobby? Robert Dobby? Yeah, Robert Dobby. <laughs> Fifteen. Two hundred thousand. <laughs> Five. Uh, two million. What? Uh, Martha, Martha Plimpton. Two million. Three. Five. Five million. Good job, Jody. Wow, Martha Plimpton yeah. has more money than Robert Dobby? Yeah. She Corey Feldman. Amazing hope money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Corey Feldman. Ooh. Two. Four. Uh, 500,000. One million for him. Uh, Joey Pants. Six. Seven. Fifteen. Eight million. Uh, the obvious choice was eight, LPJ. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Oh, man. Uh, I'll 15. say 65. Jody? 27. 35 million. Uh, Sean Aston. Oh, he's got that sweet uh, Super Agent Oso money. Uh, <laughs> Jay, you know what I'm talking about. I know, I know. Secret Agent Oso. Um, yeah. It's a kid's cartoon. He's the voice of a bear. Uh, uh, yeah. 25. I said 25. Oh, okay, 30. 40. Uh, only 10, actually. What? So he's not inve- that is blasphemous. Okay, I got three more for you. Richard Donner. Oh He's still alive, 90 years old. 200. 150. 100 million. Jody? 7 million. 100 million dollars. Oh. Uh, Cindy Lauper. 80 million. Okay. 18. Okay. 25. 50 million dollars. Oh. And, and then finally, Steven Spielberg. A billion. <laughs> Four hundred ninety million. Four hundred fifty. Three point seven billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I knew we had over a billion. I should not watch. I mean, it, it, I'm not surprised if yeah. you're like Steven Spielberg has a couple billion dollars. I'm like, that seems yeah. to make sense. Well, so. he's got he's got oh. Amblin Entertainment. He's got you know he's got DreamWorks. He's got all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Does he still own that uh, submarine restaurant in Las Vegas? No, it went what? under. Oh, 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 <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, it was dr- it was drowning in debt. Show's over. Episode done. We learned about that the guy with the eye patch directed Bloodsport and Nostar made some uh, submarine jokes. We're done. Uh-huh. Um, okay, music. I want to talk about the music for this? The score. Um, <laughs> I just threw my notes on the ground that had the list, the name of the composer on it. <laughs> so somebody, somebody's gonna have to help me out with that. Dave, Dave Grusin. 
I like the score to this. Yeah, it was good. Um, so but I think there, oh, there's that song that they play in the score at the end when like the the uh, the, the ship at the, the end coming out. For some reason, it always strikes me. It sounds like some other movie, and every time I hear it, I'm like, "Oh, that's that song for something else." And I looked it up, and it's not. It's original to this, but it certainly sounds like something else. It's good, good score. Uh, but the real, I think, the real star attraction, as far as the soundtrack or, or music for this movie, is the Cyndi Lauper song, right? Like, oh, yeah, it's great. What, it is a really good song, right? Yeah. Like, I, like I legitimately like listened to it a couple of times, like in preparation for this. And I'm like, I still really like this song. Do you know who doesn't like the song? Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. <laughs> she uh, reportedly hates this song. She wouldn't let him put on her first greatest hits. She stopped playing it in shows in 1987 and didn't play it again until 2004. <laughs> she wanted to call it good enough, and the uh, label made her put Goonies into the title. <laughs> yeah. And, like, um, Let's, we'll talk. We can't. I mean, like, th- we can't get into the whole all of it. But the video for this song is insane. It is literally insane. Well, for First starters, all, it's a two-part video. It's a two-part video. First part being seven minutes. Second part being five minutes. It's a twelve-minute video. Um, it's got. <laughs> it stars all these. WWE, WWF wrestlers, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, she had a big connection with the WWE or WWF at the time. She was part of uh, WrestleMania three. Um, she was friends with like Captain Lou Albano. So isn't she's, he they, in the? Uh, was he in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video? Yeah, he's the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. She's always had this connection with wrestling for whatever reason. I don't know why it came about. Um, but uh, but yeah, she's always used wrestlers in in her early stuff. But th- this video, okay, so this video features Captain Lou Albano, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, uh, the fabulous Moolah, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, Freddie Blassie, and Andre the Giant, as well as almost the entire cast of the movie, and apparently the Bangles as <laughs> female pirates. It is it is wild. I'm telling you right now. If you haven't seen this video, pull it up on YouTube and watch it. It is, I, I can't even explain to you this video. It's just insane. There's a hibachi grill in the middle of it. It's it's wild. But I, we're going to play a little bit of the song, right, LBJ? Yeah, and I haven't really queued it up, so I'm going to just start from the beginning and see what happens. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. I may skip around. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. When last I saw Cindy, things were going from bad to worse. Why, her mom and pop gas shop was being forced to close. No more veggie burgers. No more free cookies with gas. No more nothing. Them cheating credits were about to voice over. with eviction papers. <laughs> She's talking about cookies with gas. Someone's yelling. You didn't pick one that's just the song. You picked the actual video. Yeah, I wanted to see Captain Lou Albano. He's he's right there. He just kicked the guy out of a rocking chair. You guys can't. I love that you guys can't hear this. He does. You're right. Skip ahead. Okay. Yeah, the the first video is seven minutes long. So four minutes before she starts singing. Here we go. I got. We're two two minutes twenty seconds in. It just started. The new Hibachi Grill, Baby yeah. Smula, Captain Will Dano, Rod Rodney Parker. We got them all. 
I forgot that I knew this guy because he doesn't show up to the very end of part two of the video. It's crazy. I watched, uh, oh, the music's still playing. I'm sorry, I'll stop talking. I don't even know if I should stop this. We still I, haven't I even gotten to the chorus. Oh, you haven't got to the okay. chorus? All right, that's enough. All right, we're good. You know what? I Just watched- go listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah listen to it. It is a really good song. It I is. legitimately like the song. It's I watched, I watched a four and a half minute uh, you, video that was on YouTube about the making of the video. Oh, I didn't see that one. I'll have to find that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, the song's great. The video is insane, but definitely worth checking out. Okay, um, I I think we're ready to get into the plot for this. Would you say? Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. The clock. Okay. The clock says yes. Okay, uh, so this movie opens up with a fake suicide, which is a weird thing to open up a children's movie with. Uh, uh, Davi, Richard, Robert. Robert Davi. Robert. So Robert hold on, Dobby. before you... Is this a children's movie? I well, know. I mean, it's a, the amount of swearing for a allegedly children's movie is, is pretty insane. A lot of swearing going on. Yeah. It, yeah. Isn't, it isn't 1980s PG, which is like the equivalent of a borderline R today. Yeah, but didn't, didn't PG-13 exist at this point, though? Did that come into play? I thought it was slightly later. Because I thought PG-13 was invented after Temple of Doom. Like, yeah, I, thought I think of Temple of Doom was the first PG-13, uh, I thought. Yeah. So, but yeah, I did see that the the, uh, the shit is uttered nineteen times in this movie, which is pretty crazy for a alleged PG rated kids yeah. movie. Hold so. on, not that we're the swearing police. I'm just saying. No, we're not the swearing police at all. No, far far from it. We're not the swearing police. But yes, it is a little surprising that this movie has so many obscenities in when it's allegedly. But I think it is that kind of thing where it's like 1980s kids movies were like a little bit. A little bit darker and different. Yeah. Than well, like the Bad News Bears is considered a kids movie, and if you've ever seen the original Bad News Bears, that movie is oh, yeah. something to see. And uh, yeah, not a kids the, movie. No, the never, never ending story is a kids movie, and I think that traumatized. Oh, yeah. I, I have a story about that, but maybe we'll save it for our never for a never ending story. Oh, yeah. kids movie. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say I'll do a never ending story ep- ep- episode, but. I haven't seen uh, that movie in a long time. Sign me up for it. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, okay, Plot of so the movie. The, movie, the movie starts with the Fratellis. They're breaking uh, one of the... Fr- I don't know the different names of the Fratellis, uh, but they're breaking... Oh, Jake you and know? Francis. Why, why okay. don't you just call them Robert, Robert Davi and Joey Pants? Okay, so Joey Pants and Mama Fratelli, they're breaking Robert Davi out of jail. He pretends to hang himself, but it's a, but it's a joke. Not a joke. It's a fake. It's a It's a trick. <laughs> He gets out. Uh, the one thing that I was confused about it, not confused, but I was like, how did nobody see Joey Pants pouring all that gasoline out in front of like a police station in the middle of the Or day? also, how did no one stop uh, Robert Davi from just walking right out the front door? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there one it's, cop? It's true. He got out of the cell and then he's he like, knocked I'm him out cold. <laughs> yeah, but then he gets out the door and after after uh, Joey Pants sets it on fire, like 10 cops run out of the building. Where are they? <laughs> well, and then along with that, so the Fratellis are supposed to be wanted. Like, they're they're hardened criminals, right? Mm-hmm. Is 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 uh, Robert Davi just didn't like, you know, the city lockup? Did he just, is, he, is he the drug tank? What is? 
if I can headcanon this for you a little bit. <laughs> okay. Let's nice. say that let's say that he was recently arrested and he was in a local jail and he was gonna be moving to a more secure facility and that's why they broke him out yeah. beforehand. You that's know all, what? That's what I understand. Fair enough. So then we move into the car chase, and I really like this opening car chase because it it like it introduces you to all the main characters of the movie mm-hmm. while this like uh, this car is going through all the different parts of the city, and I, I think it's a really clever way to kind of introduce all the main characters the way it does. I, I, well, I, 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 I like agree, and it serves as a plot point later on in the film, which I again never connected the two because I hadn't seen it all the way straight through. So um, yeah, it's good. The only, the only part I didn't really like is that they conveniently they they go to the beach and there's that like beach rally race going on. Yeah, but I guess we're supposed to, I guess we're supposed to believe that they knew that was happening because they like the cops are chasing them and they go on the beach and there's like a rally a beach rally race and they kind of blend into the race and like they, they get away from the cops. Yeah, I mean there's a line I thought someone says something about like that Ma Fratelli had a good idea like I think that was the plan all along. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, so then we're introduced to, I just realized now, I, we're introduced to Mikey and Brand, who are brothers. In my note, I say Thanos and Rudy are brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was also like, I was also like Brand is a weird name, but I guess it's short for Brandon. Like his name is Brandon and Brand's like his nickname. Yeah. Nobody yeah. has a regular name. You never really know their regular names until I think later on in the end. Everybody's called by a nickname in this film. Or maybe in the novelization. <laughs> no, they're all nicknames in there. Maybe they say the real names at the end, but I didn't get there. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're kind of introduced to, this is where we're getting introduced to all the Goonies. And somebody help me out. I think I get it, but explain to me where the name Goonies comes from. So the, the area where they live is called like the, the Goondocks. It's like the okay. poor part of town down by the shipping docks. Okay. And so, henceforth, they're the Goonies, the people that live in the Goondocks. Gotcha. So we're introduced to all the Goonies. Mouth, who's played by Corey Feldman, who is called Mouth because he talks a lot. Um, uh, Chunk, who's fat. And I have to say that, like, looking at it now, like, the the truffle shuffle is a little questionable, right? Yeah, so do you know that when they filmed that, he was so embarrassed about it that they had to clear the set because he was, like, traumatized that he was a fat kid and they were making him dance like that? Also, Jeff Cohen showed up with uh, chicken pox, and he was too afraid to tell anyone because he thought they'd fire him and recast him. If you pause it, you can see the chicken pox all over his stomach. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Um, So he does the truffle shuffle. Also, I have to say, like, that gate opening, like, it's cool to watch, but it's, like, that's a little overcomplicated to open the gate, right? It's, like, this yeah. Goldberg, like, bowling ball, chicken hatching well, egg, and, like... It doesn't fit for, it doesn't fit for Mikey. Like, it seems like that would be the gate opening for Data. For Data, yeah. Who goes that's up, true. resets How do they know the chicken's going to have an egg every time they're <laughs> going to have a I don't know, chickens have so, a lot of eggs. So, then we're introduced to Data, and I have a note that says... Is data offensive? Yes, probably. <laughs> yes, he's probably, he's probably very offensive. Well, um, no, no more offensive than uh, than short round, right? Well, that's true too. Which leads to a conversation me and Jody had where we're like, it, before we did the researchers, we we're like, is short round of data? Is that the same actor? Or? <laughs> the answer is yes. 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 The, the it answer is. is. It's I felt better about that after I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but yeah, this is kind of like we're introduced to all the Goonies at once. Data, like, by the way, I got to say this about Data. Like, that, like, suction cup that he shoots across or, you know, like, that, I don't think that that would hold him or whatever he shoots across. No, no it would not. not. Um, okay. So the main thing is, is that the, the goondocks where they live, it's getting bought out by, like, these rich people. It's going to be turned into a golf course. So this is, like, their last weekend in there. They're all going to move and go to, like, different locations, like Data's moving to Detroit and all this stuff. Um, their mom shows up. She has an unexplained broken arm. They never tell you why. Uh, she's with Rosalita, who is also offensive, by the way. <laughs> right? She's oh, yeah. Offensive. Because essentially okay. what she is is um, – like unpaid she's an unpaid migrant worker essentially <laughs> like she she's those people that frasky picks up in front of home depot to do his like uh his yard hey, work or whatever uh, I've, I've got a rosalita pop quiz okay pop no, quiz. No, no, no 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 don't don't say pop quiz hot shot because it's not actually hot quiz uh i just want to say she took all the jokes that mouse says are written in english she translated them all into spanish and she taught mouth how to uh cory feldman how to say them all she tutored him in Spanish to sound more natural. That is, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's the funny bit where, like, Mouth can speak Spanish and, like, they go through the house and he's, like, saying all this, like, terrible stuff and, like, translating it. Like, it, it's it's actually a pretty funny bit. I kind of like it. Um, I don't like that uh, Mikey's mom's like, be careful, you'll come down with the asthma. And I'll let you know I have asthma. You don't come down with asthma. You just have it. And sometimes. Oh, I mean, and that's the other thing. Like. He, for the amount of times he hits that inhaler, he should probably be in some kind of hospital <laughs> for the level of asthma he has. They shouldn't yeah. let him out of the house. He and should be wearing a respirator at all times. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, I will say I was confused. Like, it, it didn't even occur to me that Jody was watching it this week. And I just get a text from him. It's like, how many times do you use your inhaler a day? And I was like, I gave him like an honest answer. He's very I, honest. He's like, well, it's been a while. I've been using it a long time. So... No more then, than like twice a day. Yeah, like, like twice a day at most. Like Asher has asthma, and he'll use it like maybe before gym, and that's it. There's there's like, a whole Mikey's puffing on it like it's his job. Yeah, there's a whole thing in the novelization. Uh, Bran thinks his asthma is all uh, that Mikey's asthma is all in his head, and he's just making it up and milking it. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, okay. So the, their dad works in a museum. He has all this stuff in the attic from the museum. They go up there and they're kind of like monkeying around with it. And they find in one of the, um, I think it's behind like one of the paintings or something. It's a uh, a treasure map. Uh, and they start talking about One-Eyed Willie, who's supposedly like this pirate um, that, that that like is known for the area. And he has this ship. It's called the Inferno. And this guy named Chester Copperpot, who tried to find him, and all this stuff. Um, they, um, uh, gosh, I'm losing my mind here about the plot. So they decide that they're going to go and try and find this treasure because they're like, well, if we get the treasure, then we can stop them from turning us into a golf course um, and, and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> sorry. I don't know why I'm having such trouble with the plot here. I'm, I'm like, losing my mind. I apologize. Um, yeah. If it's such a shitty part of town, why do they want to put a nice golf course on it? Well, they're going to tear everything down. It's not like they're going to put a golf course around there. But it's still going to be at the docks, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. The one thing that struck me is the Walsh's house is on top of a huge hill. 
Yeah, it's on a huge hill. And, and so are all their houses like on a huge hill like that? Are they all neighbors, I would assume? Yeah, I mean, I think we're led to believe that they're all neighbors. I mean, uh, Data zip lines in from like the house next door, so. How many times has he broken the screen door? <laughs> That's true. The mom is like, oh, I see Data's here. She seems Maybe they pretty. wouldn't have to move if Data didn't break all their screen doors. Maybe. Um, so that, I, I did find it interesting that right before they take off to go on this quest, like the Cindy Lauper song is on the TV, and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't that song about the movie? Like, how is that possible that it's on the TV? Yeah, there, I, the, no, no one was like, oh hey, there's a song about us. <laughs> yeah, the Goonies are good enough. Like, hey, we're the Goonies. It's very strange. Um, so yeah, so that even was that they had to dub that in afterward too, because the song the the song hadn't been recorded yet i don't think at the time yeah. the movie was but don't is, is the video actually on the tv joe uh no i think i read that it's not i mean like there's like a video on the tv but it's not the actual video because that was filmed after the movie was completed because we didn't mention before that the the video for that was actually filmed on the set of the movies like it's in the actual sets that they use for the movies um okay so they head off on this quest. They're going to try and find. They have the map. They think they know where to go. Um, they're not supposed to go out. Brand goes after them. They let the air out of his tires, so he just totally steals <laughs> that bike from that little girl. And he flips out. And he's like, it's like they like ran over his bike with a car or something. You'd think that it was like he was never going to ride it again. Yeah. yeah, it's like they just let the air out. They didn't even slash him. They just let the air out of the tires. And even if they slashed him, they're bike tires. You could buy new bike tires. <laughs> That's true, too. They have so many lawns. Yeah, you know, that's true. Well, it's um, not going to matter now. Uh, and, and I can't decide if I like this or dislike it about the movie, but, like, I think it does a good job of capturing I have a note that just says, like, the Goonies are very excitable because they're always all yelling at the same time and, like, talking over each other. And I'm like, part of me is like, ah, this is kind of annoying, but also I'm like, eh, I feel like that's how kids really would be, though. Erin will not watch this movie because she saw parts of it. And she's like, there's too much yelling. I cannot watch this movie. She will yeah. not watch it because of all the yelling. I, I read that one of the uh, directions that Donner gave the kids all the time was big eyes. When he wanted them to be excited, he kept saying big eyes. So it's, uh, I read that like, you should think about that when you're watching the movie and count how many times the kids have big eyes. <laughs> I Which is like, was just like hanging out with LP or hanging out with Hovercraft Joe and uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, but like, if you think about when, like, we were that age, and we were probably the same way. So like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of annoying, but also like, maybe incredibly accurate as to how kids of that age would act in this situation, or just in general. Yeah, it's probably true. Um, so the, um, the map leads them to this old restaurant, which I guess is closed for the season. Um, they find the oh. car. Oh, go ahead. Just one thing I wanted to say. So the they live in Astoria. The all the scenes with the uh, the beach was filmed down in Cannon Beach, which is like a forty five minute drive between the two. So those kids are riding bikes for a really long time. <laughs> don't our uh, don't our uh, aunt and uncle live? Around yeah, there? yeah. Our uh, they live. You can see the uh, rocks from their house. Oh, how about that? Uh, okay, so they go to the restaurant. They find the car from the beginning with the bullet holes in it. Um, but they still don't seem to care, so they go into... Well, Chunk, isn't it Chunk that notices? Yeah. and they, Chunk they realizes go, what it is, but they're already inside at this point. Yeah, and they go in, and, like, they straight up pull a knife on Mouth. And like, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, why don't they leave? They don't leave. They stay, 
Um, they give them like some gross water. Uh, they first discover Sloth in the basement, but they think that he's just like a monster. They're not sure what's going on with well, him. Why don't the Fratellis just kick him out? They're trying not to arouse suspicion, I guess. Yeah, well, they, obviously the place is closed for business. Yeah, in in the book, they actually serve him a meal. Weird. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So they, they eventually do have them leave. Uh, they eventually leave the restaurant. They see the Fratelli's leave, so they go back in the restaurant. Um, they find a secret passage in the fireplace uh, and also in the same room, a counterfeiting machine. That's when you get Data yelling $50 bill like 18 times. <laughs> $50 bill! $50 bill! I mean, it's offensive, but it's still pretty funny. Um, so they, there's, a count, there's a counterfeit printing press, which I guess we're led to believe is like the Fratelli's, like, main criminal enterprise but it's not it's kind of touched on a little bit but but like that's it like we don't really get any explanation of it i guess um so they go in the, they find a dead body in the freezer which again for like a kids movie there's just this like frozen corpse yeah <laughs> it shows up. it's supposed to be some fbi agent that was chasing him yeah, like an FBI agent came to find him and they killed him and put him in the freezer so it's like oh boy uh so they all hide in the freezer uh, and then they they get out, but I think they somehow forget that they block Chunk in the freezer. Is that what happens? Yeah, They're they kind of Chunk friends. Chunk is holding the body up, and then oh. so they leave, and the body gets stuck between Chunk and the door, and okay. uh, so Chunk doesn't get out. They shut the door, and then they walk. Is that that's when they go down the the fireplace? Oh, because they hear yeah, the Fratelli's yeah. coming back. Yeah, yeah. Well, but he does get out because they go down the fireplace, and they're like, "Hey, you get the cops." We're going to go down and explore these caverns. He ends up getting caught by the Fratellis, the Goonies. They start kind of walking through the caves. So far, so good. Uh, they find all those pipes, and they like, they're like they like banging on all the pipes trying to get out, and they're um, they're below the, the country club, which is where we get the shower scene, where I do have a note that says, wait, what old dude in the shower had an eye patch on? <laughs> we now know that he's the director of Bloodsport, so... Um, and I do, I do like the toilet humor. I have to say, I like that when he's sitting on the toilet and the water pressure like shoots him up into the ceiling. Um, is that, is that, uh, the, the Brad, is that the, um, it's Troy, 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 yeah, Troy, Troy, sorry, that's Troy. Okay. That's Troy. Um, and I do also like that, like the Fratellis are questioning Chunk and he sells them out immediately. He tells them everything that's going on, like right away. Like he doesn't even like. Which is kind of funny and it fits for his character, but I do like the fact that it's not even like it was like, "Hey, there's a treasure map." They went down there to find it, and one eye Willie. Yeah, and he, he, just, he sings right away. Yeah, he cuffs everything up. Um, they're going through the cave some more. They find Chester Copperpot's body, who is the guy that supposedly was like looking for the treasure before him. Um, and, and Data sets off a, a booby trap. A booty trap. <laughs> That's, booby what trap. That's what I said. Um, and there's like there's some intense traps, like rocks fall from the ceiling. Yeah, like um, big rocks on chains designed to crush people. Which is like, I, what I really, his traps are intense, and he spent a long time working on them, and it, it's pretty impressive. Well, they were down there for what three years, is what they said. This is a story. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I got a lot of interesting thoughts on that. If we have time, we can we can talk about that that whole uh, part of the plot. Oh, we, the booby traps? Go it, do it. <laughs> well, it's just like, so they had all this treasure. They parked the boat. They find a cave to park the boat. 
They spend all this time building these traps. They put a map for people to get there. And then what if they just sit in the boat and die? <laughs> well, that was what's, what's weird about it. They got blasted in and trapped. Oh, okay. But they could get all the way out to like this spot where the restaurant is to build all these traps. I guess. So why didn't they just take the gold out there? I have no idea. It's or weird. like, or, but they rigged the whole wall to blow up at the end. Why didn't they just blow up the wall and leave? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. amount of effort that they put into doing all that is like <laughs> insane. Yeah, I don't understand it. And and then because one I'd really wanted to die with this gold so that nobody else could get it. I mean, they're all just like well, well skipping ahead. They're all just through. like sitting in chairs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it. Well, you know what? Yeah. Pirates are weird, man. Pirates make no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so they they open they move a rock and a lot of bats fly out and it kind of looks like Batman Begins. A lot of um, fake bats, real fake, oh, super bats. fake bats. <laughs> So, uh, also, more stuff about this being a very terrifying kids movie is the Fratellis are, like, threatening to put Chunk's hand in a blender, which is kind of frightening. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they continue to move along in the caves. They find all these coins and, like, a waterfall. Uh, but it turns out that it's like, oh, it's like a wishing well. So they're like, hey, don't take all those coins because those are people's wishes. That's where you get that sweet, really uh, impassioned, like, Corey Feldman like speech where he's talking about like this is his dream and he's taking it back like I really kind of like, yeah it's like Cor- the the, bra- the brave heart of childhood adventure movies <laughs> yeah Corey Feldman's speech is great Sean Astin's speech not great you don't like the Goonies speech no I liked oh. it but like his delivery was all right that's so fair. terrible but I, I kind of do forget about because I, I always remember the Sean Astin one but the the Corey Feldman one always sneaks up on me oh this I, one's I, mine. Yeah, it's like, I'm taking this dream back. You know, it's really good. Uh, and so they just happen to, uh, Troy just happens to be at the top of the well when they're there, which is slightly convenient. Um, and and, and we, they, uh, they're they going to, like, lift him up. But that's, like you said, when Mikey gets his inspirational speech where he's like, hey, you ride up Troy's bucket and it's all done. It's like, up there, it's our time. No, up there, it's their time. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. I was going to memorize the whole speech, but I didn't. So. In, the, in the novel, the speech goes on four times as long. He tells a story about when his dad was on uh, Let's Make a Deal. Oh, it's wow. really weird. It's so I got, weird. You gotta I got it. Book. I got this novel. How did you find the novel, can I ask? It's on Amazon. You can buy it. <laughs> um, okay. So um, they, they agree that they're all going to keep looking for the treasure, uh, because they're going to try and find a way to save their hound. That's where you get that. Like, I, I, I like, it's funny, but like when, when Troy's like, Andy, you goonie! <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous that he like, but like everyone knows him as the goonies. And now she's well, is she a goonie though? I mean, now she, she seems is. like she's a rich kid. She is a rich kid. Yeah. Um, sorry to keep going back to the, the novel no, here. Please, but no, please. It really, in this, really expand in this, in this particular scene in the book, Right after they put the sweater up, she takes the Goonies' oath and swears to become a Goonie. And from that point on, she's an official Goonie. Oh, all right. All right. Goonie oath. Um, and then they realize they're standing in a pool full of leeches, and they're all covered with leeches, and they freak out. Fair enough. Um, so, like, a side note while this is going on, like, the Fratellis put Chunk in the room as Sloth. And somebody, how would you describe Sloth? Uh, he is a genetically deformed person. Yeah, he's he's severely deformed, developmentally disabled. Yeah, 
but he likes watching TV and they keep him chained up. Him and Chunk become friends over a baby Ruth, which is like, I can see that. I like baby Ruths. I don't yeah, know what you got. I don't think I've ever had one. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's just chocolate and peanuts. It's good. Can you get some more? The, the uh that the guy going back to the cast a little bit, the guy that played Slaw, John Matusek, yeah. that guy won two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Wow. How about that? I did not know that. Yeah. He, Sloth rips the chains out of the wall, and then the thing that's weird, he kisses Chunk on the lips, which I'm like, <laughs> It was the eighties, it was different then. Yeah, there there is no COVID. Um They set off another trap in the um in the caverns. And again, I have a note that says, Man, what a Willie like he liked complicated traps. Like I can't remember. This is the one where Data saves himself with the. Um, now here's the thing. I always thought it was the pinchers of power, right? Yeah. But my captions told me it was the pinchers of peril, which I no, know pinchers of power. No, I thought the exact same thing, Joe. I always thought it was pinchers of power. Novel says pinchers of peril. Yeah, it was weird because the captions for the first time he used them said pinchers of peril, and I said, no way, the pinchers of peril. Um. But then later on in the movie, in the caption said there's pictures of power. So I'm like, oh. did they just, could they just not tell what he was saying? It's <laughs> just Maybe. bad. But, um, and also, there's no way the pictures of power would stop him from falling. Those that like was an unbelievable part. Those chattery teeth on a spring, and they grab onto the wall and stop him from falling. And it's like, all right, come on. Um, Chunk calls the police, but they don't believe him. That's where you get that little subtle Gremlins reference, where yep. he's like, uh, "He's like, what about when you told us about all the little creatures invading the town and stuff like that?" So um, uh, they all take a pee break. Uh, Andy kisses Mikey, thinking it's Brand, because she's like, "I'm going to kiss you with my eyes closed." Uh, and then they have that little joke where he's like, "I didn't think you wore braces," and like Martha Blythe's <laughs> like, "Ha ha 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 ha." Um, Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Fratellis have followed them into the cave, and they catch up to them super quick. Maybe it's because they sprung the Goonies, sprung all the traps. I don't know, but they already catch up to them. Uh, Data uses his slick shoes, where he shoots like <laughs> oil on the back of his shoes. Uh, then they get to like the trap where it's like the creepy skeleton piano, and like. Andy knows how to play piano, so she has to play this music that's on the map. I kind of like that though, because every time she plays a wrong note, like a different part of the floor falls away. It's kind of it's kind of cool. I like that, and, and I love that when she says uh, she can't tell if it's an A sharp or a B flat, which it's the are same, the same note. The same note, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. So they finally, they get through that trap, and then they, they go down that water slide, which is awesome. That, that always, to me, looks like so much fun when they're going down that water slide. Like, I, Oh, yeah. It, it had to be fun for them in real life because they got to slide down it. The only thing I don't get is that they all enter at the same point, and then there's, like, five different exit points. It's like in a mini, it's like a mini golf when you hit it in the thing, and then you don't know where it's going to shoot out at the end. I, I, thought that, I thought that was a little weird. Yes. Uh, oh go ahead no no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say then you see the pirate ship which they actually built like in real life that's the crazy thing to me is that that's like a full-size pirate ship that they actually built and that they didn't show like they wanted to get a legitimate reaction from all the goonies so they didn't show them the kids like they they didn't that first time they see the pirate ship is like the first time that they saw it in in like the movie so they got their well sort of Oh, it's just the the, the, uh, yeah. the Brolin thing, right? Yeah, yeah jo- Josh Brolin dropped an f bomb, and so they had to reshoot reshoot the whole scene. So they <laughs> lost that that footage. <laughs> um, 
Also, like, I don't remember exactly why, but they, they get on the pirate ship, and I have a note that says, I think Data's having a nervous breakdown, because he's, like, losing his mind, I feel like, when they're on the pirate ship. I don't have anything further than that, uh, but um, they find a room on the ship that's full of treasure, um, and, and, like, I don't know if you got this far in the novelization, but I read in the novelization, they're like, they're like, Mikey finds that One-Eyed Willie also has an asthma inhaler. I'm like, no. No, I didn't get that far. (laughs) Yes, it says, let's see, I I can tell you real fast. uh, It says, in the novelization of the film, when Mikey finds One-Eyed Willie's skeleton, he discovers One-Eyed Willie has an asthma inhaler, which Mikey suffers from asthma, and leads Mikey to believe that he is One-Eyed Willie's reincarnation and is destined to find One-Eyed Willie's treasure. I'm like, oh, that can't be true. No, they, they actually talk about that all through the novel. Like, he keeps thinking, like, at one point he thinks he hears, like, One-Eyed Willie's, like, voice. He thinks One-Eyed Willie is guiding him through the cave. He feels he's one with One-Eyed Willie. So he's high on asthma inhalers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one thing I know is that pirates didn't have asthma inhalers, okay? I know that as a fact. Well, maybe not a fact, but I, I believe yeah. it. No, I, I would imagine you're probably safe saying that. So the Fratellis show up on the pirate ship, which leads me to a note that says, so presumably the Fratellis went down the water slide then too, right? Yeah, I, presumably, yes. But I thought I thought you were going somewhere else. Like when they get on, the kids get on the ship, they're looking for a way, they like do that one like trap that opens a door and they have to bust yeah. in and they climb through it. And then when they're in that room, the Fratellis apparently just walk through a door. <laughs> yeah. Through. It's like they, they do this whole, like, special thing. They get to the room, and then there's just, like, another door that walks in. It's like, oh, okay. But I'm like, how did the Fratelli sneak up on them? Because they had to go down the water side, splash in the water, climb up the side of the boat, and somehow they did all this, and the Goonies did not notice until they're in the room with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, granted, you know, all that water's coming down. It's probably pretty loud in there anyway. So they yeah. probably didn't hear them. Yeah. So... So the Fratellis make them like they're like uh, they make Andy walk the plank. They they she goes Which, in the water. And I, what was the point of that? Like we're gonna put you guys back in the water in this enclosed cavern. <laughs> well, if they, if they had tied all their hands, they would have probably drowned. Then why did they just stab them with the sword <laughs> or shoot them? They seem to have no problem problem shooting people. I feel yeah. Well, I mean, it is a kids movie. They can't murder kids straight up. I guess. <laughs> No, but indirect so, murder is, uh, you know, a little better. So again, again, Sloth and Chunks snuck up on everybody at this time, too. No one knows they're there. There had to be Sloth. another entrance. Maybe. No, in, in the novelization, this is about as far as I... Sorry, guys. In the novel, I'm really proud of having read 75% of this novel. But there's a whole chapter told from the point of view of, like, Chunk and Sloth. And it's like a Chunk and Sloth, like, buddy movie. They're going through the cave, and they have a sweet time because all the traps are already set. He knows where to go because he sees all the things his friends did. He's bonding with stuff, and it says it says they're like right behind the Fratellis like the whole time. So yeah, and there's actually there's a lot of scenes that were cut from the movie that depict all of that. Like there's a whole subplot with Trunk and Sloth that was uh, cut from the movie just for time purposes. I'm now realizing I should have known you read it like on a Kindle because you kept saying you were 75% complete. And that's how a Kindle like <laughs> describes the book to you when you're reading it. It gives you a percentage of it being done. So yeah, exactly. I should have known that. Okay. So they sneak up. You get the famous sloth line, the hey, you guys, which is like everyone knows that, that sloth line. Uh, he's got a Superman shirt on and they play the Superman music when he like reveals that he's got the Superman shirt on. 
which is like, you know, it's fun because Richard Donner directed it. Um, uh, also, like, uh, they also revealed that apparently Sloth is messed up because Mama Fratelli dropped him when he was a baby. Yeah, and I'm, he somehow I'm remembers that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I dropped you a bunch of time and he remembers? I'm like, what is going on? Um, so they all the Goonies are off the boat. Uh, the Fratellis find the gold room. They take all the gold, but they take there's like a scale with gold on it that Mikey's like, hey, don't take that gold to the Goonies. It's Willie's gold. But the Fratellis take it, and it sets off a trap which is like, and the Cameron starts falling apart, and like, I, I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, the Goonies, they're trying to get out. Luckily, they have a stick of dynamite, and they use it to like blow a hole, but like, Chunk, not Chunk, uh, Sloth still has to hold this big rock up so they can all get out. But then like a huge part of the wall collapsed anyways, right? Yeah, I think the cavern, like the trap was rigged to collapse the cavern on the ship to sink it. Um, but the Goonies happened to have that stick of dynamite, so they were able to blow a hole in the cavern enough for them to get out. Um, but the cavern was still falling down around them. Okay. So they get out on the beach, like the cops are there, their families show up. It's like this really sappy ending where they're all like telling the story. And I don't, I gotta say, I don't know why I have this note. Because I know it's not part of the movie, but when he's like, I have a note, maybe you guys can help me out, that says, Parts of you that don't work so good. And then I, said, I have oh. that note too. What is she talking about? <laughs> Her, his lungs, his lungs. Parts of you that don't work so good. And I said, comma, like boners? <laughs> that's what I thought too. Because <laughs> that's, okay, that's when Andy's talking to Mikey because they like talk about how they kiss and he's like, oh, parts of you that don't work so good right now, but they will. And that's why I was like, oh. And so it can't be his lungs. What is his lungs going to just gradually no. start working? That's what she thinks. Know. That's that's the thing. I'll, like, oh, he'll grow out know of know his what? asthma. Yeah, I will let you know as a 40-year-old man, my asthma is still around. Um, so, it, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the Fratellis get arrested. They see the they see the ship go sailing off. I'm like, why doesn't someone try and stop that ship or go after it? They're like, there goes the ship. I guess it's gone. It's a full-size pirate ship. Where is it going to go that people can't find it? Yeah, that's, that's strange. Why not go after it get the treasure? And Oh, go ahead. Uh, was well, just the, that, that's the point where uh, Troy's dad shows up to make him sign the uh, papers to, to foreclose. Yeah. Uh, sorry, still your thunder here, but they're they're uh, find, oh, go ahead, they find the jewels in uh, one of the kids' like marble bag. Yeah, there was still some marble jewels. bag, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mr. Walsh starts like tearing up the foreclosure page papers, and he's like, "There'll be no <laughs> signing today or anything." And that's yeah. great because then he throws the pieces in the air. And you see, like, the pages he throws, and then there's, like, this mysterious other pile of paper that comes shooting in from, like, behind him. Uh-huh. I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, and then what is a handful of jewels going to do? Like, how? Yeah, I thought that, too. Like, what? what is it? Are they going to sell the jewels? Because ultimately, those jewels would likely be, you know, given to a museum or yeah. I don't know who's going to museum. Some kind of finder's <laughs> fee. Like, what? What do the jewels do exactly? Is it going to all of a sudden like have enough money for them to buy the town? I I would like to say something else real quick, and I'm going to spoil a little bit of the novelization for you, uh, but because like Sean. Chunk introduces Sloth to his family and is like, hey, you're going to live with us now. His family seems cool with it. Apparently in the novelization, it confirms that Chunk's parents actually do adopt Sloth. Yeah. Going to bar to throw him a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, in the, in the novel, every chapter there's a reference to Chunk being Jewish. 
Like they just keep milking that. His family applied to join the country club, but they were rejected because they were Jewish. I'm like, well, that, that is, is weird. That is absolutely a Steven Spielberg ad. Yeah. I, I really need to read this novelization. Um, I, I had a note. I was like, how did Troy's dad know they were down there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just shows up. Also, I did read that Richard Donner has a cameo as one of the cops on the beach. He does. And most of the most of the kids, their parents in the in the movie are their actual families. Oh. Well they look like him, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing. They discover the jewels, they rip up the papers, and they all watch the boat like sail out to sea, and that's that's the end. That's the end of the movie. They save the goondocks and you know. But like you said, I think I read that originally they said in the ending like that it didn't end on the beach. Like it was like they were back at the house and like Rosalita was like cleaning up Mikey's stuff and she found the thing of jewels at the house. But they decided to change it. So, but yeah, I really that, thought they were going to go get the boat. Yeah, they just watched the boat go. Yeah, I was like, what? that's how they're going to save the goondock. Yeah, yeah. no, just Goon apparently five five jewels in a marble bag. That <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's all it takes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Do you have more plot stuff about? I got a couple other random. No, we made it through the plot. Throw out throw out your random stuff. Uh, so in the DVD commentary, they uh, talk about the fact that Michael Jackson was hanging out on the set all the time. <laughs> oh man! Because there's some there was some Michael Jackson joke in like the beginning, and uh, they said that they felt bad because they had to say it when Michael Jackson was there. Oh yeah, because they're talking about like, oh, what about that time you said that Michael Jackson stopped at your house to use the bathroom, chunk? Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, I guess most of the other things I was going to talk about were oh, uh, cool. are you going to do the uh, the thing where you talk about who was uh, also was Roll up for these yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I'll, I won't talk about that then. Um, I think I guess the the two other things that I wanted to say was um, how would you describe Martha Plimpton's character in this stuff? <laughs> like, well, how would you characterize her? She's like know. a tomboy, like a tomboy. No, I don't know. I I don't know how I would describe her. She's just like the best friend. I thought of her. I, if I were describing her, I'd say she was like sort of slightly nerdy, sarcastic, yeah. like sidekick. In the novel, when her character is introduced, like the novel is told in the first person by Mikey, and he says that she has a reputation for sleeping with a lot of guys. She <laughs> hangs out with a motorcycle gang, and she's a smoker. None of which are in the movie. It's like a totally no. different character. Yeah, that's wild. That's definitely not how she is in the movie at all. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, I already talked about the R time speech, I and mean, that's just strange how it just keeps going on and on and on in the book. But yeah. he, I mean, he talks about how his dad's lucky number was two, and he should have taken door number two, but he took door number three because that's like what the crowd was yelling. And if he had took door number two, they would have been millionaires. And then later on in the book, they reach somewhere and there's like three caves, and they're trying to pick one, and everyone thinks they should go through three. And uh, Mikey's like. No, door number two. And they go through <laughs> door number two. And that's the right one. This wow. novelization seems bananas. And last thing from the novel, Brand is severely claustrophobic. Apparently him and Mikey were caught in an elevator once for five hours and he flipped out. And in the movie, the whole time they're in the cave, he keeps having like going deeper and deeper into a panic attack. What? 
Yeah, it's. I'm telling you, this novel is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta check out this novel. Yeah. Sure, like, you, like, I don't even know what to say. say too. The guy that wrote the novel read the script and he's like, eh, I can do better than this. <laughs> I guess so. And there's a whole chapter where before they get to the organ, they're floating across some huge underground lake and they all start telling like random stories and then the fog sets in and they're lost and they all fall asleep and then they wake up and they're on the other side of the lake. And like, what was the point of that chapter? The one thing I want to mention before you get into roller bristles, I don't know if you guys watched any deleted scene, but there's the deleted scene with the octopus. Yeah, I saw that. Did you you guys watch it? Yeah. Where they're like, there's a scene, Jody, it's a deleted scene where they first show up before they get on the pirate ship, but there's a big octopus that attacks them in the water and like grabs uh, Martha Plimpton's character and they defeat it by Data shoves a radio in its mouth and it swims off. Yeah. And they they mention an octopus. Yeah. When they talk to the Data mentions it. And I think know what was going on it's a deleted scene you can watch it on youtube i'd watch it also that octopus shows up in the second part of the cindy lopper video so yeah. i throw that out there so anyways role reversal LBJ, i only have it? i only have two uh <clears throat> first one was for andy uh it was going to be heather langenkamp but they decided last minute that she was too old for the part and gave it to um uh, carrie, carrie green. green and then uh for mouth uh Corey Haim was actually one of the original choices. Yeah, and he didn't get it, but he got Lucas, yep. which Carrie Green also starred in, which is like her only other credit. Yeah, she doesn't, didn't do a whole lot of acting film-wise. She did some TV stuff, I think. TV credits. I think she quit acting for a long time, and then yeah. she came back and did some, some TV spots. Um, my here, here you go, LBJ. My useless internet movie database fact of this movie oh. is... Do you, do you guys know what Corey Feldman's biography is called? I don't. No, I know what Sean Astin's is. Corey Feldman's is choreography. Whoa. <laughs> uh, it's pretty Sean good. Astin, Sean Astin's is there and back again. Oh, like The Hobbit. I like yeah, it. yeah. I like it. Um, all right. Well, I mean, does that, do you have anything else? Any other facts or has anyone gotten everything out that they, they kind of want to talk about this before we get into our ratings on it? Uh, no, I think I got everything. I think it's the only thing I see in my notes here is that uh, the movie was filmed almost entirely in sequence, which I guess yeah. is, is really yeah. rare for movies. Yeah. yeah, I saw that too. I thought that was interesting because, yeah, a lot of most movies are not shot in sequence at all. So I found it well, interesting. You know, this movie seems like it would make sense to do in sequence because they really don't go back to any sets later on. Like right, it, It's yeah. not like they go back to the house at all. They don't go really, you know, you know, back farther into the cave or back to the, they're all, it's all moving forward the entire time. They don't really have the opportunity to go back at all. That's uh, fair. I guess one last thing. I read that Chris Columbus's original draft of the script set the story in Ohio, which I don't even know how that would have worked. You're not going to have a oh. pirate in Ohio. Yeah. And I, I saw that a little bit about that. Cause it said that, yeah, I don't know how it would work, but it said that like he grew up in Ohio and it was really boring there. And they used to explore like old, like coal mines and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And so that's like, originally that was going to be where it was set. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think obviously it works out better this way, but, um, Agreed. so I think, are we ready to rate this then? I think I we think are. So. All right. Yeah. Let's hear the noise. Okay. So, Jody, Jay, do you guys want to go first, second? You want to have us go first? How do you want to do it? 
I, I, I'm curious to hear Jody. I want to hear Jody go first. Okay. Yeah, Jody. Okay. Um, like I said, first time I've seen this entire movie, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was something I want to go out and watch a bunch of times right now. I watched most of it. Um, my daughter watched most of it with me. But I think it was good, but I'm going to give it a three machine guns. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I like this movie. It's good. It's good enough. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, it's good enough. Uh, it, it, the acting's fine. It's the plot's fun. It's a good fun watch. I don't really think it's a kid's movie though. I think it's <laughs> a little too, too much. Um, I'm going to go three and a half machine guns. Okay. okay. Well, why don't you go, Joe? I'll go last. Okay. Yeah, uh, I I love this movie. Uh, I, I mean, I, but it's also one of those ones, and we admit this all the time on, on the podcast, that my nostalgia for it is definitely influencing how I feel about it. Like, if I were to watch it with fresh eyes today and not have all the memories of it, like, I'd probably feel different about it. But I, and there's just something fun about it, and I think I remember watching it so much as a kid and just being like, how fun would that be to, like, go on an adventure like the Goonies and be in those caves and go down a water slide and be on a pirate ship. Like, and I still like, even when I watch it to this day, I still think about like, man, that would be a lot of fun to like do that. Like hang out like with your buddies and do stuff like that. So, and I, and I do think it's a fun movie and I, and I think like, I don't know, it, it's just a lot of fun to watch. I'm going to give it a uh, four machine guns. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Joe. It's, it's definitely got a lot of nostalgic value. I mean, I, I've in contrast to Jody, I've watched this movie, you know, maybe getting near a hundred times my life. <laughs> I, I've owned it on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and now I have a, uh, a digital copy of it <laughs> as well. So I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this movie. I loved it as a kid cause I thought it was like a fun adventure. It was like the type of stuff that we would play like on the playground when we were pretending to be on adventures. But I yeah. still think kind of getting to Knopf Center's point where about, is this really a kid's movie? I think it holds up really well as an adult movie. I think it's still very entertaining. It's well-written. It's well-acted. Um, I'm not going to go out and say it's one of like the greatest movies ever made, uh, but I, I definitely love it, and I would go for Machine Guns. Yeah. Joe, yeah. are you saying we didn't have adventures? I mean, up? we had... We had we a wrote our bikes to all-star cards. Yeah, I mean, we, we went to LPJ's basement. <laughs> Definitely an adventure. Listen, we had adventures, but they were—they didn't involve pirate ships and like booby traps and stuff like that. So, I mean, but um, what one other thing I want to mention real quick is remember the uh, NES game Goonies Two? Yeah, yeah, I love that game. No, and I was. I was reading about it is that like apparently there is a like eight bit Goonies game, but it was never released in the US. It was only released like overseas in Japan. And then here they just released the Goonies too. I watched like a quick like skip through like a long play of both of them. The one thing I love about both the games is that they used the Cindy Lauper song yes. throughout the whole thing. They use it relentlessly. <laughs> That's essentially the only song they play throughout the entire game. Over it, and like, over again. It's got. It, I guarantee it's on your emulator, Joey. Goonies too. It's got to be in your NES games. Oh, it's on mine. I've been playing tomorrow. it all the time. <laughs> I'll pack it out tomorrow. And, and, and there. Are, oh, sorry. Good. I was just gonna say it's one of those weird ones. It's like the Friday the Thirteenth game where part of it's like side scrolling, but then you go indoors and you're like walking down the hallway and it's playing like different music and stuff. It's, it's wild. 
And, and there have been, you know, rumors of a Goonies 2 movie since this film came out and that have never kind of come to fruition. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing, but they recently had like uh like that reunion, like the Josh Gad was doing all those yep. like online reunions. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched some like clips from it and they like Steven Spielberg was there and he's like He's like, yeah, he's like, we've talked about doing a sequel. And like we, he said, the reason is that they just haven't thought of an idea that's good enough. Oh, Zane. I, I didn't even mean that, but to warrant like a sequel, like they, they're like, the first one is so iconic and so like beloved that they just like, they're like, we haven't thought of an idea that really warrants us to make a sequel yet. Yeah, it'd be hard to come up with something that, that lives up as not a uh, not, uh, total letdown. Well, I right. think especially this far on from the original yeah. that probably just gets harder and harder to think of an idea that's going to be worth making a sequel for. So. Exactly. Yep, I agree. All right, well, uh, thank you to our patrons. We appreciate yes. you hanging out, listening to the show, uh, and, and donating your money. We really appreciate it. Um, and thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, we appreciate you equally. Um, check us out on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh and uh, at GameZillaMedia.com, where you can find all of our podcasts, uh, such as Hovercraft Joe. Well, you have the, the GameZilla podcast, which uh, is live on Mondays and out in podcast form on Tuesdays. Yep. Um, you have uh, Wednesdays, you have uh, Noobs and Dragon. If you need more LPJ in your life, that's the podcast for you. You get to hear um, me do a great voice, my awesome Jean-Claude Van Damme voice. Yeah, so take that the for what you're The entire yeah. time. That's why oh. Sphinx quit the show. It's because he's, he couldn't handle it. Hello, my friends. It's me, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He just couldn't He couldn't handle it anymore. Um, and then on Thursdays, you have uh, Legend of Retro, a show that we all love that uh, LPJ and I have been on. We recently did a very weird crossover uh, event <laughs> with them where their episode came out like a month before ours, but... Uh, check it out if you want to learn all about Kung Fu and uh, Wheels, Wheels on Wheels. Meals on Wheels. No, Wheels on Wheels. Wheels oh. on Wheels. Yes. Um, yeah. And then uh, Noiseland Arcade, the Simpsons podcast, which is currently on hiatus. But you can still check out all their previous episodes. Um, yeah. There's That's something it. for everyone. There is definitely something for everyone. Um, Jody, Jay, thanks for being here. Yeah, Thanks, thanks for having me, much. man. Absolutely. Jody, thanks for being back for a record. I don't know how many times that we're going to call it a record. Now we're going to put, <laughs> we're, you know what? No more chops. <laughs> Enough chops. Enough chops. More Jody. Yeah. I, do have I want to plug for this episode though. Oh, after watching it with my daughter, she's like teen Titans did this movie and there is a teen Titans episode yeah. called booty scooty. <laughs> I woke up the next morning or I got home for a walk the next morning and Avery was watching it for probably the third time I've seen that episode. So that is the Goonies I knew before I watched this earlier this week. Okay. Well, that's good. My last thing thing will be like, if you listen to this and you're like, I've never seen the Goonies. I don't want to watch it. At least watch the Cindy Lauper two part video. Yes. (laughs) Cause I can't describe to you the insanity of that video. It's, it's, it's Cindy insane. Lauper, Cindy Lauper's mom's in it. Cindy Lauper's mom is like the the lady painted green who's like chasing after him. <laughs> so I learned weird. that. In the, I learned that yeah. in the making of video. So it's so weird. All right. Well, on that note, 
This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>